Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of BU with Declan Edwards. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you would know that I'm always excited to spend quality time with you and to impart some knowledge and strategies and concepts for you to think about that are really going to help your own emotional intelligence and well-being. Now, this week's episode is no different. In fact, this one's a little bit special because it's an opportunity not only for me to share some things with you, but also for me to reflect on some of my own learnings and personal growth that happened over last weekend. So last weekend, I was actually away at a three-day silent meditation retreat at an amazing Buddhist temple uh, based in Wollongong called the Nentian Temple. And obviously over that time, now let me promise you something, I don't remember the last time I was silent for three hours, let alone three days. But over those three days, I learned a lot about myself. I had some really cool light bulb moments about life as a whole. And I think the things that are really valuable, not only to my life, but also to other people's lives as well, which is why I want to take the opportunity to share them with you today. And the other reason I'm doing this podcast episode is because I've had quite a lot of people message me asking about how it went, what the experience of the silent meditation retreat was like, whether I would recommend it, all of those answers and more will be, uh, all those questions I should say, and more will be answered as part of this podcast episode. So with that said, uh, take a spot to relax, have a listen, get ready, and let's get rolling. So I suppose the first thing that needs to be covered before we dive into some of the little realizations I had over the silent meditation retreat is to answer the question, why in the world was I there in the first place? Like so many people I spoke to said, oh, you're braver than me. There's no way in the world I could be silent for a few days and uh, have no technology, no phone, no email, Uh, you know, and people were thinking I was absolutely crazy to go there and do it. And to be honest, I had the same thoughts leading up to it. I actually booked this retreat a couple of months ago. Uh, my amazing wife, Siobhan, and I were traveling down south on a nice little road trip, and we swung into the Nentian Temple just to explore it and check it out. And we were blown away by how tranquil, how peaceful, and how beautiful the complex was. And at the same time, I'd started thinking about my own personal development journey and had come to the decision that I wanted to learn more about Buddhism and meditation and spirituality and just explore that side because it was something you know I dabbled in a little bit but not really immersed myself in. So as we're taking the temple tour, they mentioned that they do these one, two, and three-day retreats where you learn the fundamental practices and some of the um, values and perspectives of Buddhism and you also learn a lot about mindfulness and meditation. And instantly I thought, well, I've got to be at that. And you guys know me by now. It was an all-in moment. It was, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go for the full three days. So I registered for it and then kind of forgot about it. And then in the week leading up to going, I checked my calendar, saw that I was going and felt this weird blend of fear and excitement, which is if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you would know that that is the biological sign of doing something that's going to help you grow. We call it the green light. If you feel equally scared and excited by something, that is the green light in life. So the more I felt that, the more I went, you know what, this is the right thing for me. And I went in with no expectations. A lot of people were saying, you know, what specifically do you want to get out of it? Like, why are you going, what's your purpose? And 
I didn't really give much thought to why I was going other than trusting my gut instinct of, you know, I should be there and I'm feeling this green light blend of fear and excitement. So let's jump on that. Let's take the opportunity and we'll figure it out later. I didn't really put too much conscious thought into, well, this is specifically what I want to get because I part of me believed that that was going to take away from the full experience of it. It was going to be a bit of a distraction from what I could gain from there. The classic example of that is if you go in looking for something in particular, you might find that, but you might overlook a hundred other lessons and, and breakthroughs that could be a lot more beneficial and valuable to your life. So for me, I went in with an open heart. I went in with an open mind. I locked my phone in my car before I walked into the temple uh, to make sure I wasn't tempted and didn't go near it. That's not saying I wasn't tempted throughout it. I definitely was. Um, and then checked in. And by one o'clock on the Friday, I was in the traditional robes that we were given. And I had a little pin on the robes that said that I'd taken, I was practicing noble silence for the duration of the retreat. Uh, so to not be offended if, if I didn't answer you, if, if someone asked a question. And that started it. Now, over those three days, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't all easy. I'm about to take you through some of the three, uh, three of the most profound and I think impactful light bulb moments I had over the course of the retreat. But it definitely wasn't all light bulb moments. There were plenty of times where I felt bored out of my brain, where I was frustrated, where I was asking myself, what the hell is the point? Why am I even here? There's so much else I could be doing with this time. I think the perfect example is that was the first day when I checked in at one and got ready. I started silently walking around the temple complex, you know, going around the lotus pond and through the shrines and just silently reflecting on where I was in life and how I've been feeling lately. And I thought, you know what? This is amazing. This is so peaceful. This is so tranquil. This is why I'm here. This is perfect. But then I thought, you know, I probably should check the time. I want to make sure I'm not late to, to the first class, which was at 7 p.m. So we had six hours to explore. Now, you know, it's probably been about five hours by now. I'll go check. And when I checked the clock, it had been two hours. And instantly I was like, how the fuck has it only been two hours? I've still got so many more hours to go. What the hell am I meant to do with this time? And I think that's the point. It was going through that. You know, I'm, I'm definitely someone who in my day-to-day life, will distract myself regularly just because I like being busy. I like doing things. But there's a point where, you know, a great uh, realization I've had, not at the retreat, but earlier in life is we're called human beings, not human doings. And there is a point where, you know, if you keep doing, doing, doing and action, 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 and you never stop and reflect and rest and take stock, well, are you being effective or are you just doing busy work for the sake of being busy? And that's definitely how I'd been living my life. And, you know, it's a dangerous way to live. You're sort of burning the candle at both ends. Now, luckily for me, I do practice a lot of self-care. I practice a lot of emotional intelligence. So it definitely helps buffer against that. However, I still knew within myself that it would be beneficial for me to learn to uh, not be on all the time and to not be go, go, go all the time. And as I confronted that on the first day, those feelings of boredom and stress came up and frustration. And I knew that the the lessons would occur on the other side of that. So I stuck it out. I, I kept with the retreat for the whole time. I didn't check my phone once. I didn't have any technology. I didn't read any books. I didn't watch any TV. I just allowed myself to explore what was going on for me and what has been going on for me for the past few months. So with that said, let's jump into... Three of the biggest take-home lessons I gained from 
from this practice and from being in a silent meditation retreat for three days. So the first big takeaway, again, from being there really relates to what we are just talking about, the idea of being a human doing rather than a human being and always being on and go, go, go. And, you know, I would jokingly call myself action man because I'm all about action and not about stopping. And I think what I realized at the retreat was it's okay and it's valuable to slow down, to not be in such a rush, to not be always thinking about the next step. You know, I'm very much aware now as a result of the retreat that within myself, I have a tendency to be working on something and already thinking three steps ahead, which don't get me wrong, is a great strength. However, it is also a great limitation if I don't know how to work around it or how to turn it off. And what happens is as I learn to slow down and actually appreciate each thing I was doing, there was a particular activity we did called uh, slow meditative walking which if you imagine what this is, it is walking in complete slow motion where you take conscious awareness of every movement from your arms to your breath to what your feet have to do simply to do something that most of us take for granted and don't think about, the act of walking, of stepping forward. There's quite a beautiful lesson in it that it's easy to walk fast but you don't really appreciate the complexities of walking until you really slow it down. And when you do slow it down, you will realize, and I encourage you to try this at home, take really slow steps. You'll realize there is a tipping point where in order to take the next step forward, you have to let go of where you're currently at. You have to remove your foot from the ground. So your heel strikes first and it rolls down along the ground up until the toes. And there's a tipping point where you've got to lean your body forward and commit. And you'll realize the slower you do this, the more you practice this slow, slow, slow walking, well, you realize that that tipping point is actually quite scary because it requires a lot of balance. There's a point where you're on one foot and you're moving in slow motion. And there's this little fear of falling over and you get a bit shaky and wobbly. But as soon as that foot lands back down, you feel good again. I think that's quite a profound analogy and lesson for life. In order to move forward in life, there comes a tipping point where we need to let go of where we currently are. Or my big realization from the retreat was in order to move forward in who I am and in my own personal development, there comes a tipping point where I need to let go of who I was and who I have been. And now that's a lot easier said than done, but awareness is key. Like just having that awareness and thinking about that concept and experiencing it in that slow meditative walk, you to go, you know what, this is it. Like, Personally and professionally, where I'm at in my life at the moment, I do feel I'm at that tipping point. I'm feeling a little bit shaky personally and professionally at the moment, but it's not a it's not a scary shaky. It's almost an exciting shaky. And it's because I know that there's going to be a massive change coming up over the next uh, year or two, both in, as I said, in my personal life and my professional life and what we do with BU. And in order for that to happen, to facilitate that change and that growth and that forward progression, I've got to get to the point where I let go of the past, of my ideas of what the future might look like and just take that step and know that it'll be a bit shaky when my foot leaves the ground. When it hits the ground again, everything will be fine. And this wasn't just, you know, hammered home to me just in this slow walking. Everything we did, we did slower. And it's funny, I've noticed since I got home, I tend to walk a lot slower and I eat my meals more slowly. 
And if I'm not ex- super excited, I tend to talk slower. Of course, I, my voice still speeds up when I'm excited. But what I've realized is, you know, I, prior to the retreat, I was all about trying to fit as much as I possibly could in a day. You know, a day was not successful unless I'd ticked off 15 things on my to-do list, unless I'd rapidly moved forward. And I'm now realizing in reflection that it's okay to only do a couple of things each day, but to really do them, to really appreciate them. And for that to happen, you've got to allow yourself to take the time to really immerse yourself in it. You know, whether it is rather than quickly having the fastest breakfast I could possibly have in the morning so I could get into the office and do BU work, it's now about taking time to cook myself a nice healthy breakfast, sit down and with no distractions around me, actually enjoy the meal rather than shoving it down my throat whilst I'm, you know, checking emails. So for your own life, what I'd advise you to do is just take a day, just trial it. You don't have to go away to a retreat for three days. You can try this at home. Take one day where you consciously decide to do things a little bit slower, where you immerse yourself in them and see how much you actually enjoy it. And also see how much less stressed and exhausted you feel at the end of the day. Because rather than, you know, running the whole day with your pedal to the metal and foot on the ground, you've learned how to actually ease off the throttle for a little bit. And just see how that goes for you. Now, my second takeaway or realization from the three-day silent retreat actually plays really nicely on that first one. You know, the idea of slowing down and immersing ourselves in something and enjoying it ties so well into this second realization that everything in life, absolutely anything, is an oppor- or can be an opportunity to practice mindfulness. You know, normally we think about meditation and mindfulness as having to be sitting down, eyes closed, and not thinking about anything or not, you know, fully immersing yourself in the room. And don't get me wrong, we did plenty of that at the retreat. I think in total over the three days, we did eight different sitting meditations, which was amazing. However, we also did standing meditations. So when we're just standing there waiting for something to happen, rather than standing there and frantically thinking about what's about to come, standing there and taking in all the sights around us. I'm encouraged to look around and see what we could see check in with our body and see if there's any areas of tension. Encourage to feel the wind on our skin, to smell and see if we could experience the scent of the plants around us. And just that act of standing still for 30 seconds was so calming and so peaceful. And think how often in your day you have opportunities where you're just standing away from something, whether it's waiting for an elevator, you know, whether it's waiting for a friend, whether it's waiting for the bus. What a great opportunity to practice mindfulness. And as I mentioned before, we practiced mindful walking. Now we did the slow meditative walk, but we also did normal walking where we just walk, but rather than walk with the sole purpose and intention of getting to a destination, we were encouraged to enjoy the journey on its way, which has so many profound life lessons uh, infused in that practice. Now, often in life, we are moving very quickly, just trying to get to this end destination point. And when we actually slow down, when we enjoy the steps along the way, we still get to the destination point. We still get to our outcome, but we've enjoyed the journey along the way as well. And that is so applicable to our work life, to our financial life, to our health, to any area of your life. Rather than solely moving for the sake of reaching an end point, take your time to enjoy the act of moving there. 
be it literally walking there in this case, or be it enjoying the little tasks, the little baby steps that add up to get you to that point. And the, the other one I'll share with you is we did an amazing tea ceremony. So a traditional uh, Chinese tea ceremony where we took time to really appreciate drinking tea. Now, I drink tea most days and I always enjoy it, but I have never enjoyed tea like this before. This was beautiful. This was incredible. And again, it came back to allowing ourselves to be mindful and immerse ourselves in the moment. Now, mindfulness is just a practice of being present, of really enjoying the here and now, of taking in our senses. And a great way to do it is to do that, to focus on what you can see, smell, hear, taste around you in this current moment. Now, if, you've, if you're wondering what to turn your focus towards to be present, a great one is anything to do with your body. How do, you, how do your feet feel on the ground? How does your breath feel? Is it, you know, can you feel the slight temperature difference as you breathe in compared to when you breathe out? How do your muscles feel? So the thing is, when we focus on our body, it gets us out of our head. There's a great saying, get out of your head and into your body. And a great way to do that is just turning that attention. Ask it, direct your mind. You know, rather than letting your mind be the director, get in the director's seat yourself and say, okay, mind, I know you're busy and I know you're always looking at the future and all these different things and that's okay. That's still a strength. However, for now, just for this moment, whilst I'm standing here, whilst I'm walking, whilst I'm having tea, whilst I'm cooking, whatever you're doing, I'm just going to practice being mindful and being present. Can we do that? And what you'll find is the more you practice it, the better you'll get. It's like any other skill. It takes practice. It takes repetition. And over time, you'll find it's a lot easier to be present and to be mindful. So for me, you know, a big takeaway from there is that you don't have to sit cross-legged in the morning with your eyes closed and, and you know, chant in order to meditate or be present. Uh, there was a great question asked at the retreat by the uh, attendees at the end when we were allowed to have open discussion and ask questions of the monks. While the attendees asked the monk, what's your recommendation? Like, how often should I be mindful? How often should I be meditating? Should I practice mindfulness twice a day for 20 minutes at a time or, you know, three times a week for an hour? And we were looking for these really definitive concrete answers. And the monk smiled and laughed and said, every single second of every day is an opportunity to practice mindfulness. Now, that's not saying that you should be mindful every second of every day. It's not humanly possible. However, why limit yourself to just ticking the box and saying, I'll do this for 20 minutes and it's done? Why not think, well, I'll be a little bit mindful whilst I cook breakfast. I'll be a little bit mindful whilst I type on the computer. Now, one of the monks, she actually works in admin there and she has her own MacBook, which I thought was hilarious. And she does all of the emails for the center. And she said, I, I view typing emails as one of the most mindful practices I can do for two reasons. One, I'm fully present when I'm doing it. And two, I know that these emails are helping make a difference in other people's lives. And for her, you know, her perspective of, of Buddhism and of Buddhist practice was just about if it's helping me and it's helping someone else, then that's a beautiful thing to do. So why not be mindful and present whilst we do it? And it took me straight back to how I normally do emails, which is, I'm drinking a coffee whilst reading an email, whilst responding to another one, whilst checking Facebook on my phone. And I went, geez, if I just slowed down and took the time to really appreciate each email and be present in, in typing my response, how different would that activity feel? Weirdly enough, I've actually enjoyed clearing out my inbox each day for the last couple of days. I'll tell you whether that keeps up for the next few months, but it's really nice to enjoy it now. So that second takeaway, which I'd love for you to practice and to put into your own life, is 
you know, after we practice that first one of slowing down, actually enjoy the moment. Get out of your head, into your body, and be mindful because every single moment is an opportunity to practice that. Now, the last key realization, breakthrough, light bulb moment, whatever you want to call it, uh, that I'm going to share with you today, and by no means are these three the only three I had over the retreat. Um, they're just the three that I thought would be, that were some of the most profound for myself, and I thought they'd be of most use to you as well. But the third one, and definitely not the least, I'd actually say this is the biggest realization I had, or the one that has made the biggest impact in my day-to-day life and how I feel each day, is discussing the concept of impermanence. It was brought up a lot. We were encouraged at one point to do a silent walking meditation around the temple and to really take everything in. But as we take it in, ponder the fact that at one point in time, that thing wasn't there. It didn't exist. You know, be it the tree wasn't planted yet, didn't grow, or the brick hadn't been made, hadn't been made, or the food that we were eating hadn't even been sourced from you know the growers and the farmers, let alone packaged and delivered to us and then cooked. And then also to ponder the fact that although it's there now, one day it won't be. One day in the future it will be gone. And at first that was a bit of a confronting thought. It made me think of my own mortality and the fact that one day I will die. That is a fact. It made me think of the people that I've lost in my life. It made me think of you know, things that I'd had in the past that I thought were meant to last forever. And they didn't. You know, whether that be relationships, career paths. And I realized we're so afraid of change. I don't know if like, it's a human characteristic to want things to stay the same. But that's not how the world works. It's not how the universe works. Everything is in a constant state of flux. And that's the beauty of it. Because when you really embrace and accept the fact that things don't last forever, I think it does two things really beautifully. One is when you are confronted with challenge and struggle, something that would normally be quite painful and difficult in your life, what you come to realize is it will pass. Eventually, it will pass. It will go. And it's funny, since coming back from the retreat, I've had a few moments where something has come up that I, in the past, would have been quite frustrated by, quite angry about. And I realized that I was handling it a lot better. And I was feeling a lot better emotionally because of this concept of impermanence. I had this this deep sense that, you know what? eventually this difficulty will pass. I will come through this. There have been thousands of challenges and struggles in my life before this that at some point I thought would never end and I'd never get through. And yet here I am still standing. Here I am on the other side. And the other thing it does is when things are going well and something is beautiful and happening really nicely in life, it's led me to really appreciate it more. Like my sense of gratitude for when things are going well is so much more deep and profound now because I understand that that will pass too. You know, those beautiful moments, those nice moments, those successes, those wins, those achievements, whatever we want to call it, one day they're going to pass as well. They're not designed to last forever. And so whilst we've got them, you know, when, when those little moments of happiness and love and joy and success are fleeting, why not really deeply appreciate them? Why not really enjoy them whilst they're there, whilst they're in your hand? And so for me, it's led to this really deep sense of gratitude I realized over the course of the three days as I silently meditated on my own life how goddamn happy and grateful I am with where I am in life at the moment. You know, I said before I'm at this tipping point where I feel a little bit shaky, 
And I know that's because I'm about to go through some growth personally and professionally and big changes are going to happen. But at the same time, I'm so grateful for where I'm currently at because although I'm shaky and I know big growth is about to happen and change will come, I'm like things are going really well. Like personally, professionally, in a lot of areas of my life, life is damn good right now. Things are going so well and I'm grateful to myself for that, for putting in the personal work to facilitate it. I'm grateful to all my mentors and coaches who have helped that process. I'm grateful to all my team at BU. I'm grateful to my amazing wife. I'm grateful to my friends and family. I know that this state hasn't been a self, you know, self-made thing. It's been impacted on by a lot of different people. But I also know, as I said before, that it's not going to last forever. And before that would have scared me. Whereas now, I find that quite beautiful. So my third, and as I said, I'd say the most profound and most deeply impacting realization I had over the course of the retreat is that nothing lasts forever. And that's, that's not only okay, it's, it's actually beautiful. It's how it's meant to be. So when you're in a moment of struggle, just remind yourself, this, this will pass. And when you're in a moment of beauty, remind yourself, this will pass. And allow yourself to really experience it and really actually enjoy it. Now, I thought I'd just leave you with those three realizations and not dive too much deeper into them because I think the beauty comes from you having the opportunity to ponder them and contemplate them yourself. Now, it's quite funny at the uh, silent meditation retreat, after every single activity we did, whether it was calligraphy, tai chi, meditation, lunch, whatever we did, there was a scheduled 30 minutes of contemplation time to just go away and contemplate what realizations we had, what we'd learned. Let it actually sink in rather than jumping ahead to the next, um, you know, next opportunity to learn something, next skill. Actually, let that one take root first. And I highly encourage you to do that with this episode. Take a moment to just sit in silence and choose some key takeaways. Different people will hear different things within this episode. We don't, as human beings, we don't take in everything that we're hearing. We take in fragments of it and they're normally the fragments that will most benefit you and the ones that you need the most in your life right now. So allow yourself to have that contemplative time. Allow yourself to let that sink in. And as you do that, just set yourself an intention of practicing some of these, practicing some of these little realizations. Now, you don't have to take all three of them. Any ones that really resonated with you, set yourself the intention, once it takes root, once you contemplate on it, of following through. Because if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you would know knowledge alone is worthless, lasting change requires action. And with that said, I want to thank you again for spending some of your time with me on this episode today. And I want to reward the fact that by setting aside that time, you've chosen to invest in your own well-being, which is a beautiful decision. Now, if you do want to take your emotional intelligence and well-being further, there's so many ways you can do that. You can join our uh, Facebook community. So just search for uh, the BU community on Facebook and you'll be part of a group of like-minded people like yourself who you can connect with and bounce ideas um, off as well as just further your own personal development. You know, we've got an amazing team who's regularly interacting with everyone in that group and putting little challenges out there for you to grow your own emotional intelligence and well-being. So definitely jump on Facebook and check out the BU community. Whilst you're there, head on over to our official page, BU Coaching. Give it a like, give it a review. Let us know about how you're finding the podcast and everything. And make sure you check out the website as well. 
www.bucoaching.org. We've got some amazing free trainings on there and resources that you can access. There's plenty of blog articles to help you in your journey. There's our emotional overwhelm checklist you can download, which is a one-page handy tool to help you when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed. It's such a great tool to use and I highly recommend downloading it. Um, but other than that, you know that we love your support here. We, you know that we cannot impact a trillion lives without your support. So it does mean a lot to us when you show that support in any way that you can, uh, whether that's by subscribing to the podcast, whether it's by writing a review, whether it's by screenshotting that you're listening to it and putting it on your social media channels, whether it's just by sharing this episode with a friend or family member who you know would benefit from listening to it. Every little bit helps. Every single... Um, interaction every single effort spreads that ripple effect of positive change a little bit further and helps us positively impact more and more lives around the world so for that i thank you so much again i thank you in advance for your ongoing support and as always until the next time we speak be empowered be exceptional and be you